And so McElroy, I was with a group ahead of McElroy, but got to see a lot of Rory playing because I was just kind of keeping one glance over my shoulder as what was happening. And yeah, he just walked off to seventh green and um, we just had a little chat about um, about life, really. So about life. Yeah, a little, oh, you know. On moving day at the Open Championship. What are we up to next week? And, he, you know. He goes, hey, Iona, what are you up to next week? Yeah, he was like, hey, like, how's it going? What are you up to next week? <laughs> Welcome to the Eric Andrews Lang Show. Zipping up a bag. It's all good. Keep going. We just finished up a ton of voiceover here for the breaking Mirfield series. Thanks to PrecisionProGolf.com for supporting the Eric Andrews Lang Show. You can go to PrecisionProGolf.com slash Eric to get your code. You get a discount on the NX10. $20 off any rangefinder in the shop. 20 bones. You don't know how many bones you have in your body? 20. And that's what you're going to get a refund. That's you're why I a, swing so smooth. You're going to get all your bones back. Uh, today on the RGC Universe, we've got a big week, actually. I'm pretty excited for the primary collection, which is coming out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know Two the, hats. Yeah. You know the inspiration for the primary collection, Jojo? Tell it to me. I think I know, but... but no, I, no I, you tell it to me. Yeah, but I want to hear you sell it. That's what it really is. I want to hear you you talk to me about being on a driving range. What do I have to do to get you to leave here with this primary collection today? Uh, it would have to be free. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good stuff. It's not free. Do you remember the bag? It's, it's, it's modeled after your time at the driving range when you got into golf. You, you specifically. And amazingly, it uses the same primary colors that you see on the driving range. Yeah, of the, of the you know, yardages. You got them real quick. What, what, what does a yellow mean to you? 300. Blue. Two, f- 200. And red. 100. And white. 150. Nice. Am okay. I right? Yeah, I think you're definitely Maybe yellow is 250, though. Yellow is 250. Okay. And what is black is 300? We have our fact checker, Keffer Rhodes. He's, he can Kefra only could nod grab a mic. All he, all he has to do, there's a mic right there, and he could he grab it. He doesn't want to do it. No. Listen to the previous episode, but someone may have touched his blank spot. <laughs> Listen to the previous episode. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so we've got the primary collection coming out. There's a golf bag. There's some head covers. There's a, uh, there's a T-shirt and a couple hats. So very excited about that. It's Wednesday at noon. Go to randomgolfclub.com. It's also breaking Mirfield Week. We're releasing videos on the YouTube channel. I'm very excited about this. You know, we took four women of different skill levels out to Mirfield in, ahead of the AIG Women's Open. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of great golf, a lot of beautiful scenery. And, uh, yeah, it's just... The question is how how would an amateur golfer um, play? The question is how would a female amateur golfer play ahead of a women's open, specifically the AIG Women's Open at Mirfield? Interesting story. I will confidently say it's the best golf you've seen. Oh, for on sure. The channel in a long time. For sure. No lost balls, first of all. So there's one. Um, anyway, moving on. It's a great it's a great episode. So check it out. Um, and Iona Stephen today on the podcast. Uh, always love chatting with her. This is our second episode we've done. Kefra, you were there for the first one in Dubai. And uh, so Iona came by. Uh, we were over just off the 18th green at uh, the old course there. And she came by after doing like a 15-hour um, presenting gig. Yeah, because remember the rounds during the Open were so long. Yeah. It was just the length of the, uh, of the hitters. And yeah, she came right by. I think she changed into a polo. During the right, show. Right on the spot. She was yeah. like, went over to the Sounder Clubhouse, grabbed a green polo, and was like, okay, let's just do it. Sat down for a 10-minute conversation that quickly became a 40-minute one, as they yeah. tend to do. Well, I lied. I said it's only going to take 10 minutes. I knew full well it wasn't going to be. But she was fine with it. Yeah, and it was an incredible conversation. You do not want to miss it. It's all about abstraction and golf, so, uh, zooming out. We, we, we'll get out of the way. 
But first. First, I want to thank FanDuel for making all of the episodes and content that we made in Scotland possible. Um, every week you can bet on the PGA Tour using FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you're an RGC member, new customer, or whatever, you can bet on the tour with a no-sweat first bet, and all you have to do is use code RGC. If you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets. So use your no-sweat first bet today and see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. For me, you get paid fast, it's a safe and secure app, and there's great promotions every day. So head over to the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code RGC to get started with your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 today. Thank you, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour, uh, for you know making this content possible. Use the promo code RGC, please. Now, on to Iona. Not the most relaxing week of your life. <laughs> no, but probably one of the most brilliant. Yeah. How long have you lived in St. Andrews? Well, I went to university here. So that was my first um, stint, 2012. You know, stint is usually described uh, for prison time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely the polar opposite of my time here in St. Andrews as a student. That was my heyday, back in the heyday. I lived in um, the halls over there. Okay. Um, they used to be called New Hall. They're now called Agnes Blackadder Hall. And it was a stone's throw from the driving range. And I used to just roll out of bed, head to the driving range, see all my pals. And what a laugh we had. It was just just not a care in the world. And the world was our oyster. So at that point, did you know, were you into golf already then? I had just got really into golf. Okay. So I had abandoned ship at university in Glasgow. Yeah. I was studying architecture. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going all in on this golf thing. If you want to hear more about that story, go back to our previous yes. podcast where we go deep into that story yeah. and the, the coach that you had. And exactly. It's, it's a beautiful story. It made me cry. I, mean, I didn't... Uh... <laughs> the story made me cry. But, um, you know, it's a wonderful story and, you know, we don't need to... We don't need to go there again. It's a busy week. For, you're working this week. Did you ever think that you'd be here, I guess? Like, you know... Full time, 4 a.m., 10 p.m., broadcast journalism. I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, no, I guess broadcast is the term for it because I'm kind of a jack of all trades, really. You know the second half of that sentence, but I, master of none. Oh, oh, I was like, <laughs> trades? <laughs> jack? <laughs> jack of all trades, master of none, I think yeah. is kind of where I'm at, really, with this broadcasting malarkey. But yeah. <laughs> not in a million years did I think I would be here doing this you know right. but this has been I can feel my voice you know it's been on tenter hooks in the last few days it's on its way out it's a lot it's a lot, a lot yeah do you do any yelling no no yelling I, not to yell. I mean I did a little bit of woohooing when Rory McIlroy hold his shot on 10 today Are you standing there I was literally right there whoa and that I'm still completely buzzing from that so you've spent all day talking about what's happening yeah yeah I heard your voice I don't see you but I hear you, and I and I feel like I'm next to you. What haven't you been able to say? Oh, that's a good question. Because you're kind of editing, right? I mean, there's yeah. I mean, there's very short snippets. It's bites. You know, you're in and you're out. And because there's someone outside calling you in, and they're like three, two, one, and then you start talking. Yeah, even less than that. It's no three, two, one. It's just uh, I own his mic live, and you're in. So that's commentating. You know, there's commentating is a is a real skill and. It's a skill that I'm learning. I'm definitely not a master of it at the moment, but 
I aspire to be. And, you know, it's a, it's a craft of words. You know, I think you'd be a great commentator, Eric, because it's people that can use words to paint a picture. And I think, you know, there's old school commentary, which I feel sadly is kind of fizzled out a lot because in broadcast now it's shot, 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 shot. So you get a lot of just calling the number, calling the club and a little bit of, right. a little bit of flavor, but you know, the There's old, so many players that they've got to just contextualize. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think of like old school commentators, like late Peter Alice, you know, he's known as the voice of golf and he never said anything in a hurry. And he always allowed pictures to breathe and the power of one word, if it was the right word is an art. And there are, there aren't, you know, that many opportunities to commentate in that way anymore. And I feel like as a female voice coming into commentary, I have the opportunity to bring a different flavor and perhaps something softer and, and lighter. And, you know, ultimately, as I say, I went to art school and before I came to St. Andrews, I'm in Glasgow, is at the Glasgow School of Art. And so I think I have quite an artistic mind and I try to, and I'd like to bring that into the words and the pictures and the kind of bring back some sort of old school magic into the words I'm trying to say. But it can be, it's very difficult, particularly at a major championship when there's so much golf to cover, there's so many players in the field. And as a result, the producer has to move really quickly with the, with the pictures and the, there's not a lot of lingering. Yeah. They must have learned like, you know, cause I, I've, I try not to, I've tried to avoid becoming like a YouTuber, which is like to say, you know, all of the tricks to keep retention high, right? But YouTube wants you to see like, oh, this part of the video, everyone stopped watching. Yeah. And it's like, well, but I liked that part. I know. That was the part that actually expressed my feelings. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Sad. But you, but I'm sure that broadcast, they see when people leave and they probably leave when they linger too long and you just, you're right, they probably want to just keep Keep it moving. Yeah, I'd love to know the stats on that, really. And what do people really want to see? I'd, I'd like to know the answer to yeah. that. Um, perhaps, you know, anyone watching this can can give us their thoughts. But I feel like... Comment below. Yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of the old broadcasts, you know, you see these montages when it comes to the Open and goes back to the, you know, the 70s at Royal Lytham and all these wonderful, the 90s here at... With, with Nick Faldo and I feel like the commentary there is slower and there's a, there's a magic to that and just kind of an energy that's different to what we have now and I I think people did enjoy it and do enjoy it so maybe we should test it create a channel that just lingers see who watches it well I've always wanted to do uh like a like a side carriage broadcast that you could basically turn on and would be yeah. synchronized so cool that does yeah. exist in some sports oh really where you can um there's, you know, the the world feed, if you like, that, go, that goes out. And then there's like, forget the name of it. There's a platform that exists in some sports where you can go and choose from 60 commentators. Whoa. And literally you can pick. And one of them could be your mate. And like, if your mate wants to commentate, you can listen to that broadcast. We need to find that. How cool is that? Yeah, I want to do that. Because so I, I would love to commentate in a way that's totally irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> like just when, you know, something something mad is going on and you just point out the woman who's eating a banana yeah. or something. Well, mostly while Tiger is playing, I would try to really figure out what's going on with the footwear. Because he's wearing foot joys, folks. Yeah. We're yeah. not talking about it. He's not wearing Nikes. 
Yeah. I would be trying to figure that well, out. Well, we did talk about it at um, the Masters because that's when he first came out. What's the story? In the Foot Joys. Tell me the answer. Well, the, the story is that Foot Joys provided the stability for him after his accident. And I'm wearing some Foot Joys now that I've been wearing for the last... I have done 50,000 steps in these in like the last few hours. I... Foot joys are a lot of them are leather, and so there's a lot of stability, and they have that old school kind of stability in the sole. Nikes are a very modern shoe, mm. and a lot the kind of more like trainer like shoe, yeah. so they look really cool. And you know, for for kind of on off the golf course, they're epic. Rory McIlroy wears a lot of these kind of Nike Airs, and I I just don't know how he plays in those because it looks like he's almost wearing a high heel, and yeah. I just wonder how that affects you know his balance and things over the ball. But yeah. Tiger spoke about it very briefly at the Masters. He came out in these foot joys. Foot joy didn't like sing and dance about it. There's obviously, you know, they, they, there was an agreement that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, but there was obviously, it could not be ignored completely. It can be ignored completely. And he came out and said it offered stability. And yeah. so. I would probably just keep talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I have a pair of foot joys. Yeah. I mean, some of those Fit Joy I like traditions, I think they're called. Yeah. You know, the, I have the Buscemi's. They're unbelievable. They're the cream color. I mean, it they're looks gorgeous. like uh, dessert, basically. Yeah, they are. They're honey. What happens out there that like that you that, that we people we don't know? Is there anything out there that happens that you don't know? It's like, do people like? Did, is there any like drama that occurs or any like or like? Or do you ever talk to Rory during the round and you're like, yeah. What are you saying? Like, I spoke to like? Rory today on the eighth tee. What are you saying? What does that He came off the back. <laughs> he came off the back of the seventh green, and you know the way the old course plays is it gets kind of gridlocked. It's not because the players are slow; it's because there's double greens and there's an intensity and a kind of proximity to it that's a lot more, um, you know, touchy feely. You've got double double fairways, sometimes triple fairways in those opening holes. Yeah, and then you just have these sticking points, but I kind of love it because it's all right there. You know, you can, you can stand in one point on the old course and see six different holes and what's going on. And yeah. I just think there's a magic in that, that you don't get in the kind of modern golf courses that are sprawled out and it takes five minutes to get from a green to a tee. Right. I love that old school intimacy that you feel out there. And so McElroy, I was with a group ahead of McElroy, but got to see a lot of Rory playing because I was just kind of keeping one glance over my shoulder as what was happening. And yeah, he just walked off to seventh green and um, we just had a little chat about um, about life, really. So talking, about life? Yeah, a little, oh, you know. On moving day at the Open what, Championship. What are we up to next week and, he, you know. What are you up to next week? I'm going to a wedding in the south of France. He goes, hey, Iona, what are you up to next week? Yeah, he was like, hey, like, how's it going? What are you up to next week? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to Bulgaria and then I'm off to a wedding in the south of France. And yeah, just super light. And, you know, I, I would always, in that scenario where you bump into a player on the course and you chat, you know, I was chatting. I was out with Bryson DeChambeau earlier today, following him around. And then I came back in, did some live presenting on the range. And then I went back out with Dustin Johnson, um, Scotty Scheffler, mm. and followed their round. And yeah, DJ was chatting to me during the round and Bryson this morning telling me how he can't get a handle on these links greens are too slow. And from a like setup point of view, his putter's not right and he's not rolling the ball right. All kind of scientific stuff for Bryson. So yeah, they, you know, they come over, they have a blether, but I think, you know, as a commentator, you just, they would never come and speak to someone that they think is going to say something 
that's going to plant literally anything in their head. So right. generally, I just let them do the talking and ask questions. And I would never say anything really much at all, just other than like yeah. really, really lighthearted chat. To, yeah. You just don't want to take them anywhere or say anything or because they're in there doing their thing. They're in their zone and yeah. it's their space. Yeah, it strikes me as like, you know, if Rory comes up to you during a during a game, basically yeah. during a project, mm. you know, while solving a puzzle, he comes over to you and says, what are you up to this summer? It's almost like I'm trying to wonder, like, what is the purpose? Like, what is he? You know what I mean? Like he's killing time. Yeah, he's killing time and trying to feel normal, I guess, because yeah. so much about this tournament and any tournament is amplified and emotions are amplified and the intensity of it can get into your head, I think. And so if you're just casual and you can see a lot of it is them trying to just, you know, remain calm and just not get amped up by the whole thing. Yeah. So if he just comes over and has a little chat, then it's just like a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> I could just think of like a house of cards. <laughs> he like has it going and then yeah. just like Tourette's, you know? Yeah. Like, that's so interesting to me. I, it, 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 probably, especially for Rory. Yeah, I mean, I know Rory a little bit, and you, you being out there when you work in broadcast, you're following the tour around all the time, so you kind of get to know these guys, they get to know you, and they know you can trust you, or that they can't. Yeah. And I generally follow, you know, the DP World Tour. Not like, the, what journalist wouldn't you be able to trust, do you think? Many. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think you mark the I cards. cannot believe... Was the book unauthorized or was it what, uh, oh I don't know I've got no idea there's not any word on the street because I'm just kind of like I don't like we're talking about ethics here but like if yeah. you wrote a book about someone and didn't tell me you're writing a book about them that's a little bit I, yeah I, I mean I find that a bit far-fetched I wish I knew what was going on there yeah I'm sure well you know there's plenty of people in town this week you, yeah I'm sure someone out there will know all these people out there. Somebody out there knows <laughs> the energy here is pretty intense how do yeah. you how do you make it normal because it's got to be really exhausting Literally 4 a.m. to 10 no, a.m. That's 16 hours. Yeah, it's really exhausting. It's I'm not going to lie. It's, it is exhausting. And I think you are working to the limit here. But, you know, it's not normal to work this length of, of time and these days and everything like that. But it's 18 hours. Sorry, I just did the math. Yeah, there's it's, a, a lot of, it's a lot. But I don't know the answer to that, Eric. I'm still on my feet here and I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, you came in right after calling all day. Is that what you call it? Calling? So, no. you, so I think in America they call it calling, yeah. and I, you know, that, that to me that takes away the artistry of, of painting it. But they say, yeah, I'm calling shots. What do you do? I, I like to. I, yeah, I'm just. I don't. I'm commentating. But you also, I think, uh, most of the people, like, what did Peter Alice do before? Um, he was a player. Golfer. Yeah, he was a golfer. Oh. And so many of the commentators are golfers, but not always, you know, right. some of the best commentators and journalists and broadcasters have not played to the elite level in, in the sport. Yeah. They've obviously had an interest in sport, but, um, you know, it'd be strange to work in sports broadcasting and not have an interest in sport. But yeah, yeah you know, very often right now, the kind of living legend that I look up to is, is a guy you've probably heard of, maybe not in America, but he's called Ken Brown. Mm. And he's a BBC legend. And his way of words is something out of a storybook. And, you know, he's getting on, Ken. He's in the twilight of his career. And he's been an amazing mentor to me in the commentary world. And I just, 
just think he's magic. That's cool. Yeah. Does the old course look different to you this this week? Yeah, I can't believe the way the old courses look. I've never seen it like this in my life. It looks a bit like a burnt biscuit. And I can't believe it. I've just never seen it so brown. It's a decision. Do you agree with that? Well, God's made a decision or somebody up there has made a decision to burn it out in terms of the the dry, dry spell that we had. And in the growing season earlier in the spring, there wasn't a lot of rain. So I think, um, you know, the rough isn't particularly thick or anything like that. But it's a shame that Monday through Wednesday, there was lots of wind. And then Thursday onwards, we've not really had much wind. So they've had to tuck the pins all the way in these really quirky positions. I mean, some of it's like crazy golf out there. Yeah. And that was the only defense they had because these guys hit it so long. And most of these par fours, a lot of them are drivable par fours. Yeah. And then the fun happens around the green because they don't know what to do from there because the pins are in such weird positions. So I think it's been really entertaining actually to watch it. I've absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something? No, not really. I, I'm just wrapped. Like I'm, I'm just close because I'm just focused on my conversation. Yeah. All right, PT. All right. Oh, R A R- P T. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? It means into it. Into it. Yeah. Ah. I'm just present. Yeah. Well, into the it. only thing we should mention is if there's a dance hall beat that comes on very faintly <laughs> in the background of yours wow. every now and then. Uh, as Eric said, we're inside some giant bar. Well, it's only 9 p.m. It's yeah. still bright. It's the sun is not even remotely yeah. set. But there is also counter to that. There's like a nightclub occurring. Yeah. Strange feeling. That is strange. You know, St Andrews is as a student. St. Andrews isn't a place you would come to if you want to go nightclubbing. When I was here as a student, we had one nightclub. Yeah. And it was like the si- half the size of this room. It, it was a place that, a different experience. You know, if you're looking for that kind of wild nightlife, this isn't the one. Yeah. But if you're looking for like dinner parties and small get-togethers, this is the one. How, um, you know, throughout the day, you have a lot of moments. Um, a, a, many of your moments are like, Work moments, technical moments, like microphones moving around the thing, talking, working, thinking, talking, listening. How many moments do you get where time stops and you just see it and, you know, it, it looks like a painting. It goes in slow motion. You see the Rolex commercial. You know what I mean? You're just like in the poem of it all. Yeah. How often does that happen? Today it happened a couple of times. What is it? Well, you know, when you come around into the 17th and kind of well it really from that kind of five hole stretch into town I I just I've never experienced anything like it really in my broadcasting career Um, I'm trying to you know I've worked at the the Masters and a couple of major championships but um, this this has been particularly special this week and obviously I'm biased being on home soil but I just think the the atmosphere here in St Andrews and you know, this kind of unique relationship between the golf course and the and the town. It's like the golf course has given the town permission to be here and not the other way around. You know, and it's the the course has been there forever and a day. And this town exists as its kind of assistant in some way. And you see all the people sprawling in, in the morning from the town and then they funnel their way back in in the evening and it's just this wonderful kind of rhythm and relationship that goes between the golf and the town and vice versa and when you're out there and everyone's there enjoying the golf and I'm walking down the fairways with you know 
with the best players in the world and looking at this amphitheater that surrounds me, if you stand on the on the seventeenth green, you can see six different grandstands, and so really it, it's particularly special this week. And there's been several moments where I've been able to really look around and and think to myself, I wish I had the words to do this justice because sometimes that's really hard. But on a on a normal week, you know, following the tour, there aren't many. There aren't many moments that kind of catch you really like that. Um, but there are more, it's not as hectic as this week as well. So the flip side to that. Yeah, it's like, it's it's like, it's interesting how a course as like subtle as the old course is surrounded by something as like vivid as the town. Yeah. And it's almost like they need to be the yin and the yang. Like the, the old course would have to be a basic, like basic from an elevation, 11 feet is the tallest it gets. Yeah, yeah. Right by behind the 18th green or something. Yeah, yeah. 11 feet Isn't tall. Isn't that amazing though that, <laughs> you know, I think there's something in that, you know, again, I guess it kind of comes back to the commentary and, but more probably wider. Like I know we go wide, Derek. So for life really, in that this that sort of subtle suggestion that the old course makes, sometimes, you know, you don't have to be loud to make a big impression. And I think the old course does that so beautifully. You know, it's, it's a gentle old girl, you know, and yet she packs a punch. Yeah. And what, what word would you describe? I mean, you did just kind of describe the old course, so I apologize if it's redundant, but like what one word, what one adjective would you give the old course? One adjective. There's quite a few that have popped into my head already, but I don't feel like I've rung the bell. Give me a moment. Mythical. Okay. Yeah. I described recently in a in a brief podcast I did, a very brief little interview nugget that I did for the No Laying Up guys. They were they called me when I was in the Sainsbury's car park and it caught me off guard. You know, hey, what what's happening about the, the old course? What's it like? And I described, a lot of people refer to the old course as, as the old girl. Um, and I'm not sure why that is, but that's the way it gets that she gets described. But I, I would also describe, I, in this moment when I was thinking about it, I was at, we're actually describing the old course as an old man. And I think it, it can be both, but an old man that's lived a very, very, very long life and something that you would get in a storybook. And I think in this, it could be an old man or an old woman. It doesn't really matter, I suppose, which way, but someone that's lived a very long life and has a lot of stories to tell, I've seen a lot of things and you don't know what side of the bed they're going to wake up on and one day you might stand on the old, on the first day of the old and and he's woken up in the right side of the bed and the blue, the sky is blue and everything in the world feels absolutely as it should be mm. and on another day it's the wrong side of bed and you get out and you know you're going to need four sets of waterproofs, four gloves and your umbrella's going to break on the second hole. You know you just you get so many different experiences on the old course. And as it turns out this week um, in St. Andrews, we've had bright blue skies and hot, hot weather. And I like got sunstroke after Monday. And I can honestly say I've never had sunstroke in Scotland ever before. And it's not something I ever thought I would say. <laughs> but this has been an uncharacteristic week in terms of weather. And that's brought a unique set of conditions. But um, mythical is the word I'd use because of the stories and the tales and the the way that history is so integral to what you feel when you're there. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, like, um, 
I think a lot of the angles and the imagery and the advertising and the highlight reels depict these golfers as huge. Mm. They're all large. They're strong. You know, whatever. They're like mm. colorful. They're the focus. The golf is kind of in the back of the town, the golf course. But if you like the way I was hearing you talk about it, like the old girl, like you zoom out, it's like, well, the course is like fucking 10 times older than anyone on the course. Mm hmm. You know, and if you zoom out wide enough, it's just these little ants walking around just yeah, like yeah. trying. And like, sure, they're going to break par, but who cares? Like, what's even par? Like, if you reparred this course right now, mm -hmm. it'd be like a par 66. Mm -hmm. And then it would be even. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if you really had an adjustable par that included weather and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting to think about, like, <laughs> just all of these, like, super top elite athletes that we're afraid to even say hi to, right? And But it's like, they're just like ants walking around totally i love what you're saying there about the zoom out and zoom out and zoom out and i think that's like a really amazing thing to do in life and you know sometimes i do that when like you know i feel feel life is too much or when i get really nervous because some parts of my job do make me very very nervous and quite anxious and well certain interviews like tomorrow when the winner's putt is hold i'll be there that's you i'll be speaking to them what straight away and you're the first in if they're not an American winner, if they're American, they'll go to Amanda Bailionis and the American channel. Interesting. If it if it's an wait, that's so interesting. <laughs> if it's not American, then they'll come to the British or the other broadcast first. And they'll still go to Bailionis for the after. CBS. Yeah, after. And you're doing Sky. Yeah. There's the only two people that are gonna on the green interview. Last year, I'm trying to think. Last year, as so I did it with Colin Morikawa last year, and. Right. There was there was more than two, so there was, maybe, there was maybe four there. Wow! And what do you get? What's the what's the you get two questions, three minutes? What two, do you get? Two or three. Two or three. Yeah. That's a that's a lot of intensity. I'm quite looking forward to it tomorrow, and I and I feel quite relaxed about it. But you feel like that right up into the gun, but then you get there and you're like. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's like the ride. You're not ready to go. Don't go. The yeah. bar goes down. So wait, they like they like hold the putt. Yeah. They cry. They walk off the green. They spill water on their shirt. Yeah. And then, oh, Jesus, it's fine. Sorry. And then, and then they're just like, then you're just there and you're just like soaked. Yeah. So I don't know exactly know the order of it, but more or less, yeah. And that's what I have to do quite a lot of the time. Whoa. So last year, last week at the Scottish Open, it was an American, American winner. Amanda Bailey-Unis had him first, Xander Shoffley, and I had him second. And do you and Amanda go over questions? Or are you like, nah, I'm going to do no, that? No, that's for, no, no, no. No, I've never really met her properly. Oh, really? No. Because, you know, they have their own kind of thing, their own, yeah, their own place, career, right? their own thing. Yeah. Cool. But, I mean, she does a great job. I've never met her. Yeah. Do you know what your question is tomorrow yet? Like, does it just happen on the spot? Do you have your general idea? Um, I've got a loose idea of, no, definitely not on the spot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will prepare that, that like, a lot. Because you want it to be understandable and complete and concise. I think for the Open, the 150th Open, you know, it has to be, like, really, you have to, go, no, it's a different winner's interview compared to any other that yeah. I will ever do, you know. But, yes, there is a kind of method to it. And, and then, of course, you're listening. And if they say something that's of interest and you pick up on that rather than right. launching into the next question. But yeah, 
You've got yeah. a little question tree in your head. Yeah, question tree. Ready to go. Exactly, question tree. That's, That's sick. Nailed it. That's sick. But, but as I was saying, the zoom out is just yeah. such an amazing thing to do for your mind. And I find sometimes if I feel really nervous, I used to get it in golf too, if I felt really nervous, I'd go, right, I'm going to, okay, I'd literally see St. Andrews in the East Nuka Fife. I'd zoom out to Scotland. I'd really? be like, okay, now let's zoom out to Europe. Now let's zoom out to this. And I'd literally see myself as a tiny little ant and be like, meh, like really? Like, do you, why do you give that many shits? I would like nobody else does yeah. and nobody cares. So stop thinking you're so important and just do what you need to do. Yeah. And it, I find it can really help with sort of nerve wracking situations. Yeah. Have you ever gone as far out into the idea that we're on a spinning rock in the middle of space? Yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah, I have gone like far out. Like you can lose And I'm trying to book a flight there. around a spinning rock. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can really go far out there. I've watched some like, you know, YouTube videos on like the beginnings of time. Yeah. Forget that guy. Big he's, bang. He's amazing. Oh, Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Oh, the pale blue dot. Yeah, so that's an enough, amazing video. Carl Sagan stuff. This is like so weird that we're talking about Carl Sagan because it lit. When I was a student, I used to listen to Carl Sagan at night. I'd put the YouTube video on at night. Yeah. And I just find Carl Sagan, and it would help me put my whole life into perspective. Should we listen to it right now? Do we have three minutes? Let's do three minutes. Yeah. I can do it. I'm gonna play it on my phone. Hang on. Carl Sagan. The pale blue dot, right? At all of them. Pale Blue Dot is like my jam. I love that one. I can't get enough. And do you know, he's got a commentator's voice like Peter he Alice. Does. He really Brown. does. His voice and his storytelling link lovely with our conversation, right? Yeah, right, right next to the mic. Yeah. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm so ready. And I gotta just... Oh, I have like the zero internet situation. Okay, let me try. Oh, maybe I got it. Let's see. This is three minutes and 30 That's seconds. here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every saint and sinner in the history of our species, lived there on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. It says to live in the hearts we leave behind is to never die. So yeah, so yeah, on the 18th green tomorrow, yeah. after Rory holds the putt, you're going to go, our planet is a lonely speck <laughs> in the great enveloping cosmic dark. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It says it all, really. Nice summary. It sounded different than I remember it last time. For some reason, last time I thought it was, I don't know. Sounded different. Really? I thought it sounded heavenly. Yeah. I mean, it's not, no, it sounded maybe even more beautiful, yeah. Yeah. It was good, you know, and I, I just think, I, I, the zoom out, basically, that's where we got from that, was just, I think it's a really healthy thing to do, and, and we should do that more. Yeah. Zoom out sessions. Yeah, zoom out sessions. Okay, so last question. Okay, Eric. I've asked everybody this. Okay. Take your time. Okay. You've had how many rounds at the old course? In my life? Yeah. Hundreds, yeah. A few, a hundred. Yeah. A hundred. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Around, yeah. Maybe not as, I, a lot. Yeah, got it. Maybe the most. Okay. Okay, of anywhere. 
Or the uh, most of the course you play the most? I'm getting into the weeds. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. The final question okay. is, around the old course, specifically during this 150th Open Championship, there are a lot of inanimate objects. Which one would you be this week and why? Whoa. What a question. <laughs> you can take as long as you need. Okay. I know what I'd be. I'd be the clock on the RNA clubhouse. Somebody said that already. I can't believe no one has ever said the same thing. It's incredible. <laughs> Keep going. Well, it has the best view, best seat in the house. And yeah, it's that's it really. Start and the end. It's the got it's peace and quiet, it's up high and it's taking it all in from above. And yeah, that's the heart of the amphitheatre, the body of the kirk. It's right there, soaking it all in. And and yeah, and it's always there and always has been and always will be. Whoa. Yeah. It's everyone has said something different. No one said the clock. No one said whatever. I can't. That's incredible. What kind of thing? What a good answer. What have we had? Swilkin Bridge, obviously. Well, Peter Finch said Swilkin Bridge, and then he changed his mind, and he'd rather be a gorse bush right next to it (laughs) because he doesn't want to get walked on. (laughs) Classic Peter Finch. Yeah. Someone said um, the uh, you know the uh, the old uh, boundary markers that have the covers on them. Oh yeah, the stone. The stones, stones, yeah. Yeah. Because like, then people will check on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Colin Someone's... Montgomery had a very sweet thing to say. What did Colin say? He said the, uh, he said the saltire flag. Oh, the flag, yeah. On the, uh, on the yeah, 70s. Then, the house then he would be like, able to see everything kind of people. National pride, too. Yeah, there was a couple others. Mia said the tea markers. Oh, yeah, the tea markers, yeah. I forget I what you why. said. What did you oh, say? Oh, she could watch every shot. I haven't totally answered yet. I, I think I'm going to actually, strangely, I'll answer. Okay, yeah. Because I thought you were actually going to say this. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm not sure. So I've, I've said, one time I said I'd like to be the scoreboard. Because yeah. that's kind of like truly iconic. The yellow and blue. Totally, It's yeah. informational. Incredible. Um, and at, a to- at one time, it was like the only way to know what was going on. Now it's obviously you're just on your phone. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Um, and then I was thinking maybe like the microphone. That like, I don't know, but there's not one microphone. Multiple, yeah. Yeah, so it's not really one thing. But I was thinking like the microphone at the end, the oh, speech. You, to be the ball, the last ball that goes in the cup. <laughs> it'd be pretty cool to be the ball. The winner's ball. I was thinking about the cup. Like picking oh, the cup a would be cool. Be the cup. The cup would be cool. You'd see a lot of this, you know, a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the cup wouldn't be as interesting. as The ball would be kind of awesome. Yeah, the ball would be Unless very someone cool. loses yeah, it. Imagine you're the part of the ball that gets landed up on the bottom. You know what I mean? True, so yeah. you're rolling and rolling, and then it's Nothing, just dark. Yeah. It'd be cool if you were the ball on 18 that won, and you got to see it all as they raised their hand, and then they chucked you into the audience, and you had a whole new life, and you got to sit on someone's <laughs> mantle while they like went got married and had kids, and then you were just uh, there for their whole life. And then where would you go? That sounds like, like a kind of Pixar movie. It's the montage it's from Up, yeah. Book, yeah. <laughs> if you were the winning ball, you would have an extraordinary life as a ball. But not, not on every ball gets that. Oh, and then you'd see the life of the losing ball, the ball that didn't win yeah, right that's, next to it. That's, that's the other mm, series. Maybe you, you would see all sorts of balls come and go. Maybe there'd be a hole in one and you would look at him and be like, buddy, 
I was at the Open at St. Andrews. And I won. <laughs> I'm the... W- he, would, he would maybe think he's the winning ball. <laughs> he would think that he won. He wouldn't realize that there was a human that was active. <laughs> I found my home. He's like, you know, he like gives all these pep talks to other balls in the house. Like there's a volleyball and a baseball. And he's like, let me tell you how it works. It's persistence. <laughs> Wins, wins championship. All the other balls behind this ball's back yeah. is like, come He's on. like, let me tell you, in my youth, I resisted the urge to get lost. I just want to... <laughs> That'd be really good. Stay in the short stuff, you know? This could be good. A personalized golf ball fairy tale. I like it. Do you want to co-write this? Yeah. Let's write it. Children's book? Yeah. What would we call it? The ups and downs of being a ball. <laughs> Top flight. Might be copywritten. <laughs> uh, this is going out. A, after. a dimple. What? A oh, d- you, dimple Johnny. A dimple in time. A dimple. <laughs> a dimple in who? A dimple in time. You know, like yeah, a wrinkle. Time. Oh, a like, dimple in time. Yeah. Like your clock. I was thinking, could we connect it to Carl Sagan? Oh yeah. Just a small blue dot. Oh yeah. Pale, pale white dot. Pale white, pale white dot. dot. Mm. I mean, it's small. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's very it's spiritual. Uh, this is this is going out after the open ends. So this is not going out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, do you want to just take a wild stab at what happened, and maybe we'll just cut it out? Uh, well, she, you want Rory to win, but you're not allowed to say that. I think I'm allowed. Really? Yeah. But not on broadcast. You can't. Not really like. You can't have a bias. Broadcast. No. They tell you you can't. What What are the rules that? What's the rule that you're just like? Wow, I didn't know that was a rule. No one really tells you the rule until you do something wrong, and then you learn that's the rule. Right. But. You know, I think you're not really allowed to kind of root for one player because you've got to remember there's you exclude an audience if you do that. You know, there's people watching from all over the world and you're kind of having to make sure they all feel included. So you have to try not to say, oh. (laughs) Yeah, but you kind of, yeah. Well, but I mean, at the same time, it's like he wanted that. You can say that, right? Yeah, I mean, you can say, I'd really love him to hold this. He deserves to hold this. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. You can say things like that. Are you allowed to bet? No. Interesting. No. Because you're part of the story, I don't you've understand. You've got the inside scoop, I suppose. Oh yeah. Like live sometimes is is you know five or six seconds delayed. Oh so wow! If you're doing live betting, you know there's these guys that take um, data down the fairways, and as a con- course commentator, I go down. I'm pacing out the yardage and all that. He's got the yardage, and I could just say, "Listen, mate, can you tell me the yardage? How far does Roy McIlroy have to the pin? Because my legs are tired and I don't want to have to pace." But they will not give you the yardage because. They're giving it to the betting companies who are then working out calculations. On, Whoa. You get people like, he'll hit the green, he won't hit the green. He'll hit it closer. You know, you get Based on the current scenario, you've got four minutes to get it in of whether he's going to hit the 16th. Yeah, pin. that kind of thing. So people are live betting. Wait, so who, so wait, that's the shot tracker. They're, I thought that information was just for like the governing body currently, but that also goes to the betting company. Yeah, I think they get information as like well. Like FanDuel, for yeah, example. Yeah, like that, yeah. Well, there you go. So even though he's got the yardage on his little iPad, he will not give it to me. And you, Iona doesn't get it. I don't get it. Because you could be betting. drives me bats. <laughs> because I just want the yardage. Why don't you carry a rangefinder? Um, well, actually, today I did take a rangefinder for the Let's first go. time. Let's um, go. Precision Pro? No, I've got a... Nah, it's fine. My dad's, it's but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't dad. heard of that one. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it is. We'll get but, you a Precision Pro. Yeah, I... Um, I don't know what the rules are on that. No one's told me off, but Interesting. I'm really breaking the rule. Yeah. You could also wear a, uh, yeah, anyway, whatever. Um, that's amazing. That's <laughs> so right. cool. The clock. Yeah, I'm the clock. 
sort of an old clock. Pretty old. Are you an old soul? Old girl. You are? Yeah, old old girl. I'm getting older by the day. Favorite quote? Of all time. Yeah. You have a quote, quote you go to? Come on. Uh, oh, goodness. Tattooed in Ibiza. <laughs> in Cabo. Um, what is my favorite quote? Wow, goodness. Testing my brain since I've been up since 4 a.m. Um, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. Favorite quote. Um, I think be the change you want to see. Ooh, that's good. I like that one. Yeah, nice. Uh, Going to keep that anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that, Eric? Gandhi. Gandhi. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Nice. Mahatma, you know. Uh, he was the ball. Did you hear what Gandhi's other quote? When he was at the hot dog stand, he asked for them to make him one with everything. <laughs> you get it? I get it. Hot dog? I get it. Good, Eric. World peace. Okay. <laughs> World peace. Mushy peace. Are you in or out? 100% in. Out. So if Cam Smith wins tomorrow, does he go to you because he's Commonwealth or does he, because he lives in Florida, go? I think he comes to us. I mean, he's got an Aussie flag on his name. Yeah. That's for dang sure. He might pay U.S. taxes, but he's, he ain't, he ain't American. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's been fantastic. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. It's always good to see you and I wish I had more time, but a wee blether is better than no blether. The clock on the RNA clubhouse is quite busy. You yeah. got to get back out there. Yeah. Time's ticking. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Thanks for joining. <laughs> I do. <too. laughs>